Right, Norman? The Mets are winning the NL East. What better slogan on opening day to come up with than the Mets will win the NL East? I like your point about Gonzalez. Nobody wanted him here, right, to begin with. And then he had an awful spring, and everybody's saying, oh, let's just let's get him out of here. Get somebody else at first, Wilmer Flores, or uh, go get Lind, whoever it may be. Put, put somebody, get move Bruce to first base. But Gonzalez showed you today why the Mets took a chance on him. The guy's a professional. He's still got a sweet swing, man. He can pull the ball. It's not like he's behind everything and has to go opposite field. But if need be, he'll get a base hit uh, opposite field. He'll draw a walk. He'll rip the ball down the line for a double. I mean, Adrian Gonzalez is a professional hitter. You hope that his back can hold up. You know that you're not going to get the same power that he once had in his prime, but you get professional at-bats, which is something different say than, say, Lucas Duda, where you weren't getting professional at-bats. Now you were getting 25 to 30 home runs in a good year. Streaky, but you weren't getting professional, consistent at-bats, and especially the defense uh, is an upgrade as well with Gonzalez at first base. Now it's opening day, one game. That you don't you want to be careful to overreact to certain things. I like Nimmo. I like Ploiecki. I would be more um, sure of those two keeping the consistency moving forward than even Rosario and Adrian Gonzalez. I think we need to see a lot more of Rosario today. I think it was a great sign. But I think we need to see a lot more of him, how he's going to handle adjustments when teams start to pitch him out of the strike zone. Obviously, today he's hitting everything first pitch, you know, base hits, which is great. But teams are going to catch that pattern and start, you know, uh, not throwing him strikes, and he's got to be able to adjust to that. And Gonzalez has to prove that he's not finished, that he could stay healthy and continue to be productive. Sean is in Kingston. What's up, Sean? Hey, so thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, you know, so so just to piggyback on what Mary was saying too, um, you know, it's crazy how many people complain. You know, I've 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 been a fan since I've, I've been born. You know, I've never seen them win the whole thing. I would love to this year, obviously, but but it's just it blows my mind how everyone always has something to complain about. It's the first game of the season. You know, they did good. You should be happy. You know, they won. I just I just don't get it. It it, it blows my mind. Well, I haven't heard overly negative people. I mean, I, we had the one call already before who lost his mind for whatever reason, uh, saying that last year's team was better than this year and he's not believing in the guy. I don't know what his point was. But, I mean, why the overly negative? Where is this coming from, Sean? I mean, the Mets won a big game today. They played great on opening day. I don't. There's no need for negativity. Believe me, if there's neg- negativity to be had, I'll give it to you. There's nothing today to be negative about. Well, I mean, our Artie honestly was the call that I was calling in about. Um, you know, I just, unfortunately, I was on hold for a little bit. Um, and, you know, I, I went to the game today as well. And there there were some people that were ready to leave, you know, after after uh, the um, uh, Yadier hit that home run. You know, the what? guy was like, all right, I'm going. I was like, are you kidding? You, you came to opening day and you're going to go? It's crazy. Yeah, I, it's hope crazy. He, I hope he was kidding, Sean. And thanks for the call. Hope you had a good time out at the ballpark. Um, look, I get the frustration from just being a fan in general, right? And especially when it comes with, with a team that hasn't won in 30 plus years. I mean, look, sports fan, being a sports fan, the majority of the time is losing. Unless you're, I guess, Yankees and Giants. And look, it's not like those teams win every year either. Yankees haven't won in almost 10 years for them. It's like, it might as well be a hundred years. The Knicks, and the Knicks haven't won in my lifetime. You're dating back to 73. I mean, who could count how many years it's been with the Knicks ever being good? So being a sports fan is a lot of misery and negativity. 
And it's just ingrained in people sometimes to complain even when there's nothing to complain about. Now, I have been accused before of being overly negative and being one who complains. But there, when I complain and when I'm negative, there's a reason for it. And people should know that by now. Same when I'm being positive about something and being hopeful about something, there is a reason for it. There's nothing to be negative about today, and really there's nothing to be negative about with this team until further notice. It's different when you sit there before opening day, say, 2013 or 2014, where you know the team was in, quote, evaluation mode. And they weren't really trying to go out there and win a World Series. And they put together a decent team in 15, but they obviously needed more, and they went out and got it. 16, they put together a real good team. They got hurt, but they still made the wild card. 17, I thought they put together a good team, but it just completely fell apart. Everybody got hurt, and they underperformed. And this year, I'll argue that they put together the best team of all those years going into the season. So if you want to call and complain about something, you you, you normally would call, especially on opening day, it would be about, oh, well, why didn't they do this? They should have done this to put this team in a better position. That's not the case with this team. You have to see it through. And after what you saw today, I don't understand how you're not pumped up and excited about the possibility. They're better than the Nationals. They will win the division. I said it before today, I'll say it after today, I'll say it tomorrow and the next day. Until there's a time where the Mets are so far back that they can't win the division, I will believe that they will be NL Eastern Division champions this year. Donald is in Hudson, uh, Hudson Valley. What's up, Donald? Hey, Sal. Uh, hey, Donald. Very, What's up, bud? <laughs> very excited. Met fans since 1962. Great opening day, great game. Uh, and I also wanted to give you a quick fill-in on the new restaurant because we built part of it and it's called Mickler. It's an actual brewery. It's right on Roosevelt Avenue opposite of McFadden's has 60 different beers Has a cult following. Oh, so it's a, it's an actual, it's an actual another bar outside in left field, the equivalent to McFadden's and right. It's actually, you don't, you can't enter it from the stadium. It's in, it's right up Roosevelt, Roosevelt Avenue. So you you go outside the stadium to get into it, but it's a major, significant brewery, uh, and as I said, it has a cult following. and And we were there for the opening, and there were hundreds of people lined up outside the door, and it's going to be open year round. Okay, so uh, so it ha- it's not attached to the ballpark in any shape or form, right? Uh, other than being in the footprint of the ballpark, you no, it's not. But you okay. could go there before the game. Or you could go there after the game, and some people, I'm sure, stay there during the game. Wow. Okay, that's pretty cool to check out, though. A legit brew with all different beers on tap? Absolutely. And it's a Danish guy who's sort of world famous. So, And it was spearheaded by Bruce Wilpon, who, uh, you know, we worked with him for a few months. Could not have been more uh, gracious and uh, easy to work with. It was uh, the whole experience has been terrific. Awesome! It sounds exciting. You have to check it out, Donald. It's nice to have. Not that you needed an alternative to McFadden's, but that sounds like a completely different uh, venue uh, that people will at least now have an option, other than just being forced to go to the one spot in McFadden's, whether it's pregame, postgame, as you mentioned. Um, nice, nice to have some options around there. It's been years for the Met fans. I mean. Shoot, you're talking, you know, 20 plus years, maybe even longer. I'm, I'm just talking about for me going to games. You always dreamt about having some spots like that to go to before and after, and now they're starting to build up a little bit. 
Yeah, I think that that spot is going to do well even when they're away. But it's certainly we got a um, Instagram from them. It was a madhouse before the game today. Apparently, what is the name um, of it again? It's called McKellar. McKellar. Okay, McKellar. I have to check that. Keller. All right, Donald. And Go ahead. Thanks so much. Okay. All right, Donald. Thanks for the call. Appreciate the uh, the info there. I was not familiar. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, nobody made me uh, familiar with it, uh, but I will get familiar with it. Believe that uh, when I get the chance to go out to City Field. I love the breweries. I'll have to check that out, uh, McKellar, uh, and find out exactly where it is. I wasn't uh, picking up where he said the location was. Anyway, eight hundred three two one zero seven ten. Positive opening day all around. I mean, new breweries being built. What what isn't happening on this opening day? John Carl Stan with two homers. The Mets route the Cardinals. New brewery. Breweries being built. This is a great day. New York baseball is back. 800 It's Salicata in the Sports Zone. And for Pete McCarthy, we're taking a 9 o'clock here on the Sports Zone tonight on this opening day. We'll have some sound from some of the uh, players today that partook in that opening day win for the Mets. We'll do that when we come back on the Voice of New York, 710 WOR. You're in the WOR Sports Zone. And for Pete, here's Sal Licata. Uh, we got plenty of Mets sound to play for you. We'll get to that in a little bit. Right now, I'm having some fun taking your calls. 800 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710 uh, is the number. We'll take you to 9 o'clock here in the Sports Zone. Jeremy is in Hempstead. What's up, Jeremy? Hey, Sal. Uh, just a quick question uh, about Mickey Calloway today. I know, listen, it's opening day. Can't make too many judgments from uh, what happened today. But you see anything from Mickey Calloway that uh, impressed you or didn't impress you? I mean, he was kind of hands-off with Noah Syndergaard. The batting order was uh, was definitely interesting, to say the least. He looks like a genius right now. But um, what did you see? Anything, uh, anything that you think is worth noting? Nothing in particular from today, Jeremy, and thank you for the call. I think as a whole, you evaluate Mickey Calloway on what we've seen so far, whether it's doing an interview with him, as Pete and I had the pleasure of doing after he got hired. I think it was back in November. Uh, and then, you know, reading the different quotes and, you know, seeing the other interviews that he's done and watching him in spring training and listening to his philosophies and seeing him apply those philosophies. So what would mean more, watching him manage the bullpen today or putting that lineup together or holding guys like Dom Smith or Zach Wheeler accountable and letting guys get the job based on merit? I mean, those are important things. You're seeing a happy Ioannis Cespedes. For whatever reason, Ioannis Cespedes seems to be, we talked to Jay Bruce yesterday, we talk, or talked to Wayne Randazzo as well, and Cespedes seems to be more jovial than he's been since he's been here. Maybe in his big league career. Who knows? He was speaking some English yesterday at the press conference. He was talking about how this team is the best team that he's been on. So I think all I think there's been a Mickey Callaway effect up and down this organization. As far as his lineup, I think it made sense. Uh, I'm not a big fan of batting the pitcher eighth, but I think the way he explained it and the way that the lineup is structured, I think it makes sense with Rosario putting him ninth to take some pressure off of him. Also, you know, if you're batting in front of the pitcher in that spot, you're not going to get good pitches to hit. It can be difficult hitting eighth, and you don't want to, you know, put Rosario in a rut batting eighth. So maybe batting ninth will be better for him. It proved to be the case today. Cespedes in the two hole came up with uh, RBI opportunities and he performed. So that uh, proved to be a good thing. I didn't have a problem with the way he handled the bullpen. Uh, I was checking my Twitter uh, in between the breaks. One guy reached out. Very happy Mets fan. Uh, very happy the Mets won. But don't you think after Gazelman struck out the side, he should have remained in the game to finish the game? Why waste two arms with a 4-5 run lead? No, I don't. 
Why would you burn Gazelman for multiple innings? So I didn't have a problem with the way Mickey Calloway handled uh, the bullpen either. You Look, we'll have plenty of games to dissect every single move that Mickey Calloway makes. The lineup is fine. Uh, it Look, you pretty much know what you're going to get. I mean, against lefties, you're going to see more Wilmer Flores. You might see Darno instead of Ploiecki. I think that that's likely. Um, but for the most part, this is going to be the lineup. It'll be cu- it'll be curious and intriguing at the same time to see what happens when Conforto comes back, how he handles that with Brandon Nimmo, how he's going to get Nimmo playing time and when he's going to give guys days off here or there. But he's going to go based on analytics, based on a gut feel. And I think the biggest thing he's going to be able to do is you know, use that bullpen. You knew Syndergaard was done when Gazelman was warming up because Callaway, the quote that was made famous, not going to dry hump guys, not going to get him up and not get them in the game. So Gazelman was getting up. He's going to get in the game. Comes in, strikes out the side in his one inning. All right, he's done. Let's go to Swarzak, see what he does. And then Familia, same thing. I think it was perfect. Today was almost perfect for the Mets. Normally, you'd like Syndergaard to go seven-plus and give up maybe two runs, a couple of fewer runs, but... Today, the offense performed great. They didn't hit any home runs, but they still scored nine runs. But the way that the pitching went, you get you started to go six, and you have you know three guys pitching inning. You're not overtaxing anybody. Nice, clean innings. It was a nice, clean, crisp ball game. The words of Fran Healy used to say that all the time. Clean, crisp ball game. I love Fran Healy. I know Fran Healy gets knocked. Ray's making a face. People get on me for that. I've, I grew up loving Fran Healy. Rusty Staub, the late, great Rusty Staub. I mean, it was sad to hear the passing of LeGrand Orange uh, today, but uh, obviously Rusty uh, a Hall of Fame Met. He's forever live uh, in Met lore. And I remember, you know, growing up listening to, watching uh, Rusty do games, Tim McCarver, and Fran Healy. I always like Fran Healy. You don't like Fran, Ray? No, no. I just think, when I think of Fran, because I'm not obviously not around, he didn't grow up here, I think of Halls of Fame. Remember he did yeah, all those things? Yeah, of course. Halls of Fame show. I love Fran. And you know what else I think of him from? Remember, he, uh, whoever portrayed him was awesome in, in uh, was it uh, the, the, what do you call it, the, the Bronx is Burning? Oh, yeah. When he was, right. He was a catcher there. Him and, uh, him and, he was good friends with Reggie Jackson. You're right. I forget who it was that portrayed him, but yeah. I, I that's forgot. what I think of. I think of Fran Healy. I think of, of him being, you know, because I think of this as this very, you know, genteel guy and yeah. everything. And he was on that uh, wacky Yankee team back then. That's right. The Bronx is Burning. I remember that. And I remember Fran doing games with Howie on Sports Channel when the Mets used to do the games. Sports Channel. Remember Sports Channel and Howie made the shift to do the games on TV was him and Fran Healy. I was talking about that today, actually, on the broadcast. How he did? He was mentioning a sports, a sports sports channel in the early days on that, uh, early on in one of the points. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I remember that. And like I said, I know Rusty Staub. Look, I wasn't alive in 73, so I didn't see Rusty's impact on that particular team. I could look up his numbers and watch the highlights like anybody else. But my memory of Rusty is two things. 86 Mets, if you watch the video, you remember they show you Rusty Staub Day and all the players coming out wearing those orange uh, orange wigs in honor of Rusty. And I remember him as a broadcaster. He's got an unforgettable voice. He was great as a broadcaster, lovable. Well, today, just just seeing the tributes today, and seeing especially Ron and and, uh, Keith, and Keith, yeah, those really hit me because those are two guys that I, you know, I I know in baseball. We all know because of obviously with the the time on SNY and them mm-hmm. doing the game, but just seeing them and the stories they told about how he was so supportive of them. I mean, that's that's really cool to think, and uh, it's it's a shame because you know and it's funny because my son has red hair. And my neighbor calls him Rusty. So I, really? I was thinking, yeah, yeah, Tyler's red hair. So uh, my neighbor will call him Rusty all the time. And I think of that, Rusty, stop. There are certain names, even as a kid in this town, that you know. 
And Rusty Staub is one of those names. I mean, he's just one of those names that I, I I've known since it's a, a legendary kid. baseball yeah, name. Yeah, yeah you don't just, know why. Yeah. You don't know why as a kid you know it, but you know it. I mean, you just know Rusty Staub. I mean, again, growing up, I didn't watch the '73 team. And Rusty, by the way, had his best years on the field with the Montreal Expos, with the Detroit Tigers, with the Mets. He had a great postseason in '73, but. For more, maybe for broadcasting, for more off the field, whether it's his personality, whether it's his charitable work, he's a Met legend. I mean, you just know the name Rusty Stop. It's sad to hear the passing of uh, La Grande Orange uh, on opening day. Jimmy and Astoria. Jimmy, you with us? Yeah, how are you, Sal? What's up, Jimmy? Thanks for taking the call. I've been a Met fan since 1962, since they started. And today was a great way, man. Small ball, uh, base running, you know. I think everybody hit except for two guys, uh, Astruva Cabrera and Syndergaard. Those are the only two guys that didn't hit, you know? Right, and Syndergaard's a pitcher, so you don't care if he hits or not. And Cabrera had some frustrating at-bats. Yeah, but I think he's going to come around, you know? And I, I have to tell you, man, look, he, Mickey Calloway, you know, they showed him on the, on the TV. He looked pretty happy. He looked pretty comfortable. Uh, he looked confident, you know? Listen, this is game one, okay? Uh, I know you're talking about them winning the National I would love nothing more for them than to beat the Nationals out. But, uh, hey, listen, if they play today like they played every, if they play every day like they played today, man, we got something to look hopeful, hopeful for. I just want to say one thing about the, uh, the Yankees. I'm sorry to say this. I'm a die my fan. I am sick of the Yankees already. But uh, one guy that we don't, they don't talk about much, about what happened last year, and I hate to bring this up, with uh, Sanchez, what he did, hitting the guy when he's down, and then standing in front of Batances after Batances hit the guy, and he's going, come on, come on, with that rat look on his face. I'm sorry, man. I don't know. You don't have to apologize. I forget what you're talking about now. What is this, a brawl that they got into yeah, last year? Yeah, it was year? a brawl, and yeah. he's hitting the guy when he's down on the floor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do yeah. remember. He got suspended for that, right? No, I mean, yeah. You know what? I got no use for this guy. I can't stand him. That's all I got to say, Sal. Nice talking to you. All right, Jimmy. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate the call. Um, I look. You hate the Yankees. I get it. They're frustrating. Uh, you know, was Sanchez uh, acting in the best of ways a year ago with that brawl? Um, no, but I like Sanchez as a player. I mean, he's fun to watch. The guy's a legit hitter. Uh, and today, obviously, John Carlos Stanton going deep twice for the Yanks. It's more like one and a half. If you want to give him any, I, I know technically he's going to go down and he hit two homers. But does does hitting a home run off Tyler Clippard really count? Uh, so it's impressive that he does what he does, his first Yankee at bat. Oh, it's a Yankee moment. He's officially a Yankee. We get it. Blah, 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 blah. Yanks get the easy win in Toronto. Luis Severino, more of a story uh, to me than Stanton, although that that's what everybody will be talking about. John Carl Stanton in his first game as a Yank. Hits two homers, and, you know, away the Yankees go. As far as Mickey Calloway goes, you're right. He has a... For a first-year manager, a first-time big-league manager, he's got a confidence about him. He knows what he's doing. I trust Mickey Calloway, and this is not a knock on Terry Collins whatsoever because I think you know, the more success the Mets have this year, the worse it's going to look on Terry Collins. But I think Terry Collins did a fantastic job for all the years he was here with the Mets. I think he overachieved the majority of time with what he was given to work with. And I do not think last year was his fault by any means. I think he's a very good manager. But I think it was time for a change, and I think Mickey Calloway is the perfect hire. I think he's going to be one of, if not the best manager in Major League Baseball. He knows what he's doing. Guy knows what he's doing. He's passionate about what he's doing. He's got great ideas. He's a great planner about what he's doing. I think Mickey Calloway was meant to be, and he's learned from a great guy in Terry Francona, amongst others. I think Mickey Calloway is going to be a great 
great big league manager. And I think it's important that you touched on it with looking at Callaway and seeing a confident guy as opposed to the deer in headlights type look with a guy who's maybe getting a feel for, you know, his job. We've seen a lot of managers get hired now that, you know, are out of the broadcast booth or, or, you know, just done being a player and they really don't have that sure look about them. They're not sure what they're doing or they don't feel confident yet. They have to learn a little bit. Well, Callaway knows what he's doing. I trust Mickey Callaway to do the job for the Mets this year, and he's off to a great start with the opening day win. 800-321-0710. will tell you what other players stood out today, just even by looks. Forget about the stats. Some players that jumped out at me today by watching them, and we'll have some sound from um, some of the players today reacting to their opening day win with the Mets. Mets win, Yankees win. Good day all around here for New York baseball on opening day. It's Salicata in the Sport Zone, the voice of New York, 710. WOR filling it for Pete McCarthy in the sports zone. 800 321 the number to call. We'll be back after this. This is the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy, here's Sal Licata. 800-321-0710. Got 20 minutes to play with. We've been promising some of the sound from today. In case you missed it earlier, uh, there's plenty to get to. Mets with a big win over the Cardinals on opening day, winning as they usually do. Our own Wayne Randazzo cut up with uh, the leadoff man for the Mets, one of the stars of the game today, and there were plenty of them, but Brandon Nimmo, an on-base machine. Wayne Randazzo caught up with Nimmo after the game. Brandon, opening day, you're in the leadoff spot. What was your role today that you felt like doing in the lineup? Just trying to pass the baton along. Um, you know, really not trying to do too much. I think that's the job of every guy in this lineup is not one guy has to carry this team. Uh, we can strike at any time. And so you just try and pass the baton along and, and have good quality at-bats every time. Don't give any pitches away. Did you notice a difference being in, in the one spot with Rosario in front of you instead of the pitcher? It's a little bit different. Yeah, no, definitely. You uh, you know, you're definitely looking for Rose, Rosie to go up there and get a hit. Um, you know, not that our pitchers can't hit, but, uh, you know, we all know that Rosie can really, really, really well, as he showed today. So, um, you know, it's just kind of a little bit different, but uh, honestly, you're just trying to take it from a bat to a bat. And he uh, he did an amazing job today, allowing me to, you know, again, pass the baton and just keep keep the lineup rolling. The thing about your journey playing ball in Wyoming to being the opening day starting center fielder for the New York Mets, you know, what kind of thrill was this for you? to see your name in the lineup, to be in the leadoff spot, and to be out there in center. There was a lot of reflecting going on, the, you know, the day before and a couple days prior. It just was uh, one of those things where, you know, I just kind of looked back on the on the hard work, on the journey, and uh, got to reflect a little bit and appreciate what, what it's taken to get here and then what kind of a, a day this might be like. And to be able to have today... Uh, a cherry on top, on top of that, and a nice win, uh, man. I, this is a, this is one for this is one for the books. I won't ever forget it. Brandon, thanks a lot. Thank you so much. Boy, what a great kid, Brandon Nimmo. And I'm glad that we had the opportunity to have him on. Uh, when was that, producer Mark? You remember that was February, mid February. Well. I guess it was last month then. Who knows? The days just all uh, go together. But before spring training, I remember we had the opportunity to have Nemo on, and I fell in love with him. And, you know, we, we talked about having a big opportunity this spring, and he took advantage of that. And here he is opening day, batting leadoff and producing, and he's just going to keep it going here. I mean, it's simple as that. Now, Callaway's going to have some uh, decision to make when Conforto comes back, and it's going to be relatively soon. But Brandon Nemo has a role on this team, and it's going to be a significant one. I mean, he's going to find himself getting some some at-bats here one way or another, whether it's giving Cespedes a day off, Bruce a day off, Conforto a day off, um, maybe moving Bruce to first for a game if need be. But Brandon Nimmo, 
has a great attitude, and he's starting to perform. He's starting to produce with the opportunity that he was given, and very, very likable kid, very easy to root for, and did a nice job today and a key part of the Mets win. All right, let's listen to Johannes Cespedes spoke with the media uh, after the big Mets win. Cespedes himself batting in the two-hole, had a big day, driving in some runs. Let's listen to Johannes. Bueno, como dije ayer, y el equipo este año lo veo muy bien, y ya hoy lo demostramos. Aquí todos tenemos que aportar un granito de arena, como decimos nosotros, y creo que hoy fue lo que hicimos. Like I said yesterday, this team has a lot of things to do. Everybody's doing their stuff, to, uh, supporting and doing what they have to do, and that's, that's, that's what we have to do during the season. Do you find particular satisfaction in getting a hit and driving runs after being down 0-2? Bueno, lo que trato de hacer es tratar de concentrarme un poco más con hombre en base. No importa si tengo dos strikes, porque sé que cuando tengo hombre en base estoy un poco más concentrado. I just have to focus when I have uh, two strikes and and when I, and mostly when I have men runners on base, I have to focus more. That that's it. What does this offense you feel need to do on a daily basis to be Bueno, el talento lo tenemos, las cualidades, por lo menos otros bateadores, para tener buenos resultados. Solamente tenemos que trabajar en la zona de bateo y tirarle a pichas buenas. We have the talent and the quality. We just have to work on our strike zone to choose better pitches and do and make better swings. Jonas, I know you spoke yesterday about hitting second and, and the numbers that have been shown to you. Is today the type of day where it all kind of makes sense when you get up in, in those situations and, and get up that number of times? Well, precisamente durante el juego estaba hablando con Cabrera. Estábamos hablando sobre eso, que de la decisión de ponerme el segundo bate, porque supuestamente el segundo bate llega con más corredor en base y hoy se demostró. Yeah, in fact, I was speaking about that with Cabrera during the game, and you know, it happens that I was hitting second on the lineup, and I had the opportunity to go second at bat with a couple runs on base. Yoannis Cespedes through the interpreter this time. Yesterday, weird, because yesterday he sat at the podium and spoke English, and today back um, in the locker room scrum there, um, speaking um, Spanish th- through the interpreter. But either way, a happy Yoannis Cespedes, a productive Yoannis Cespedes, and the Mets will certainly take that. All right, one more before we break. Let's listen to today's starter, Noah Syndergaard, who, look, didn't have his best. Well, I don't want to say he didn't have his best stuff, because, I mean, 10 strikeouts, no walks through six innings. That's nasty stuff. But he didn't have his best game, necessarily made a couple of mistakes and got beat on a couple of good pitches. Uh, six innings, four runs. But you look at the 10 strikeouts and all walks in the W. Here's Noah Syndergaard after his opening day start. Yeah, I thought it was a great team win. It was a lot of fun. Um, spectating our offense, do what they do, putting nine runs up on the board. Was it nine runs? Yeah. Right. Um, I felt pretty good out there. Um, it was a little chilly. Kind of those long innings. Um, I'm thankful for them because our offense put up runs. Um, it's just kind of difficult to, to get get loose again, um, but uh, it was a lot of fun out there. I'm kind of kicking myself in the butt for allowing the, that Martinez guy to get a little, a little too comfortable, um, but uh, that won't happen again. The slider, in the past, we've seen when it's when it's working what it can do, but it looked about as good as we've seen. Did did today feel about as good as that slider has felt? Yeah, it felt all right. Um, I threw some good ones, threw some not so good ones. Um, some kind of stayed up in the zone. Some had that good depth. Um, just got to continue to work on it, especially in this cold atmosphere. 
Mickey said that that pitch to Molina he thought was a pretty good pitch. Um, did you feel like that was a pretty good pitch that he? Yeah, was I haven't gone back to look at it yet, but from my understanding, what everyone was telling me is just, uh, yeah, it was kind of uh, impressive to for him to hit a home run on that and keep it fair. So, uh, from my understanding, I think it was on the white of the chalk. So. No, in light of the, the cold weather and the long innings, were you uh, okay with, with uh, being done after six, 85 pitches? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that was a right managerial decision just because we were up by a lot, and um, it was nice to get the bullpen in there get them some work. Uh, no, no, just given how much time you missed last year and, and how the season unfolded for everyone, not just you, just what it, was it like to get back out there and then just to kind of get after it again after so many months of not being able to do anything about it, I guess? You know, it was, uh, it was a great feeling getting out there. Um, didn't really feel like I'd miss any time with that injury last year. Um, it, was, it was great to go out there and, and feel the energy that the seven line brings and all the Mets fans bring. Um, it just kind of propels me to do a better job at, at my job. So, No, I, I don't know how many curves you threw today, but you threw more this spring, and it's been a pretty good pitch for you. Did Was that effective for you today? Yeah, I threw uh, quite a bit of curveballs later in the game. I felt like I had some good feel for it. Um, and that last inning, uh, <clears throat> I felt like I just got a little stiff, so that's when I started going towards my, my curveball more. Um, wasn't really feeling my fastball, just uh, based on how my body was feeling uh, that inning. You know, sort of building off what James was saying, I mean, it was obviously a disappointing season for everyone last year, but how does the feeling, how would you sort of characterize the feeling of the team this time, this year compared to last year? Is that what has changed and how are things devolved for you? Uh, we're just going out there and it's <clears throat> having a lot of fun. Um, from the moment we got to Port St. Lucie, the energy and the atmosphere in the clubhouse has been amazing. Um, I think the acquisitions of Todd Frazier and uh, Adrian Gonzalez, Swarzak, those kind of veteran guys, uh, really bring a lot of uh, veteran leadership to the clubhouse. And um, we're, uh, I think we're all thankful to have them in there. And the one thing, too, we talked to Todd Frazier yesterday, Pete and I, and the one thing you keep hearing about is the togetherness of this ball club and the lineup today looked like they were together right you heard Nemo reference before with Wayne about passing the baton and it just looked like a team again I don't want to overreact but I had high expectations you know obviously picking them to win the division before the season starts and then you watch them today and it looked like a team that is playing loose playing confidently having some fun out there I think that's a trickle-down effect from Mickey Calloway as well and I think he's gotten that group to be close, and I think sometimes a close-knit team with good chemistry can outperform talent, let's say, like the Washington Nationals. So I think early on, a lot of good signs for this Mets ball club, and whether it's with the pitching staff, the you know obviously the bullpen, you know, part of the pitching staff, or that lineup, there seems to be a togetherness, and guys you know trying to pick each other up or outdo the next guy, and I think that that's a healthy thing to have on this ball club. Some good, good signs in just one game, but very good signs early on. Some more good signs to get to. I'll Give you those, what I saw today, some takeaways from the game in our final segment on the other side. Also, if you have any uh, phone calls left in you, 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710 is the number to call. Take you to 9 o'clock. It's Sal Licata in for Pete McCarthy and the Sports Zone, the voice of New York, 710 WOR. You're in the WOR Sports Zone. In for Pete, here's Sal Licata.
Thank you to producer Ray Martell. Did a fantastic job all day. Long day for him with the first Mets broadcast on the year here uh, this season. So, and a good job uh, as well. Ray's first season with us here. Also, excellent job, producer uh, Mark, uh, board art Mark, whatever you want to call him, uh, helping me out uh, throughout the course of the night. And producer Mark will be with me tomorrow night as well. We got uh, some ideas lined up for you. We'll do some tournament stuff tomorrow. We'll obviously do some Mets. Uh, we could get into the Yanks in the first hour before they play uh, game two of their season in Toronto against the Blue Jays, and I will be at game three of that series. I can't wait. Very excited to go to Toronto for the first time and check out the Rogers Center, or as I like to call it, the Sky Dome. Who even knows? Is is it still called the Rogers Center right now? Is that where we're at, uh, Producer Mark, with that? Do we know the actual current name of this? Well, anyway, I call it the Sky Dome. I've been wanting to go there since it opened in, what, 93, 92? Uh, Maybe, was it the 80s? Man, whatever. It's still called the Rogers Center. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm looking forward to going there and checking out the Yanks up close and personal and uh, seeing what John Carlos Stanton uh, can do for an encore. Anyway, we have the full show for you tomorrow on the Mets Off Day. Before we say goodbye, I was talking before about other things that impressed me. Forget about the Super Pen or the potential to be a Super Pen, which I believe it can be. When you look at Kevin Ploiecki, it's not just about what he did today or what he did last September or what he did during the spring. When you watch him, you see a guy who is in control at the plate. I'm talking about offensively here. And defensively, he didn't do himself any harm either. He looked pretty good today. But you see a confident, credible, major leaguer who's given you quality at bats. He is as confident and as locked in as you can be, and certainly as I've ever seen him. He could take the ball the other way. He could pull it if he has to. He is locked in and does not look overmatched like he did a couple years ago. Looked like he didn't belong at times. He looks healthy, confident, and in control of what he's doing. And I believe he's going to be a nice player for this team. Again, he's not going to hit 20 homers, but who cares? He might hit 280. He might hit for a high average and get on base. Be selective at the dish. Get on base. Give a big base hit if you need. Opposite field. Hit some doubles in the gap. Kevin Pluecki looks like he is ready to have a breakout season and be a solid major league player and a decent offensive catcher. Ahmed Rosario, similar to me as far as looking like he belongs. You can look at guys, rookies who come up and are hyped, and we've seen plenty of them over the years. I mean, I could run down the, the list of them. I mean, whether it's Fernando Martinez, uh, Alex Escobar. I mean, go to Dom Smith a year ago. Uh, just certain guys, they come up. Jason Tyner many years ago. Guys come up, and they're you can just tell they're overmatched. They don't belong in the big leagues. Well, Rosario looks the part. He looks like a big leaguer. He looks pretty confident, too. Let him be himself. Don't try to discipline him too much at the plate. I get there's got to be a balance. You're going to have to make adjustments when teams start throwing pitches out of the strike zone constantly. Let him be himself. If he's a free swinger, so be it. It worked for him to this point. It'll continue working for him. Don't ruin him. He looks like he has potential to be a big-time Major League player. Great opening day for the Mets and the Yanks, for that matter. We'll be back with you tomorrow right now in the news. You're new.